This is episode 46 of the Ottawa Podcast. I'm Keegan Ahn, sitting with Amon Bashir, Rob Attrell, and our guest, Natalie Stewart. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. Natalie is, oh, you know, I don't know your title at Camp Quality. What's your uh, title? I am the volunteer coordinator. Volunteer coordinator yes. at Camp Quality and elementary school teacher as well. That's right. Uh, we're going to get uh, into the show in just a minute, but first we have to do uh, a quick segment where uh, Aman tries to get our guest to insult me, so please go ahead. Uh, <laughs> it's more like try to undermine you. Yeah. <laughs> I, first, Firstly, I would never do that. Keegan's a close friend of mine, and I, I don't want to hear anybody speak ill of Keegan. But given but. that he, he <laughs> yeah, I mean, he didn't realize what title you were, uh, what, what title you hold there. I, I just thought, I'd, what we do every podcast is we ask people to rate the introduction. Now, we saw a bit of a flub <laughs> with Keegan's introduction. I just thought I'd point that out there. I'm curious, on a scale from one to ten, could you give an objective uh, assessment of his uh, uh, introductory introduction. skills? <laughs> Um, well, you know, I'm a teacher. That's right. <laughs> she has a rubric, okay. I bet. Absolutely. I would say it was probably a 7 out of 10. Oh, okay. Okay. That's still pretty good for that's, that, that's a lot better than it should be. my average game. up. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you think it's better than it should have been? <laughs> I, 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 thought I, I thought at most a 6. Oh, uh, <laughs> no. Oh. Ha-ha. We we had uh we had somebody give him or we didn't the person just gave him a two point five. Okay. <laughs> it's 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 my favorite rating so far. That's like <laughs> that's so specific too, right? And that's what like sort of turns that dagger, yeah, <laughs> twists that dagger. Uh, anyway, we have sorry some beers. to disappoint you. Uh, that's okay. That's okay. I, I was hoping on something really low, but I'll have to bring some uh, some people that I know through my network to to stop yeah. uh, Not that I've done that in the past. This has all been honest. Well, <laughs> but uh, we have uh, we have some beer. We do. Yes. Yes, we have a beer from Bose this week again. Yeah. This time we have. Uh, it's called the Strong Patrick. This is an Irish red ale. Um, it's six point seven percent. And apparently it's an intensified interpretation of the Irish Red Ale. Oh. So why don't you guys give it a try and we'll, uh, we'll decide if it's good or not. Um, so the Strong Patrick is based on an Irish Red, an ale that is lightly hopped, well-rounded, and balanced with a pleasant toasted malt character. We're a little late on the St. Patrick's Day theme, but that's okay. I'm going to be honest, it was a birthday gift, and uh, I was like, hey, let's just do it on a podcast. Oh, nice. From a previous yeah. guest of ours, Damien. Yeah. Damien Grimms. Thanks, Damien. Shout out to Damien. Um, I I like it. I um, nothing in particular really stands out to me, but it's it's a nice, smooth, well rounded is a good word for it. But it's mm-hmm. it's it's good good yeah. brew. You guys, I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Red red's kind of non abrasive to me. You know, like it's a bit sweeter, like red ales. Yeah, amber, amber ales. I guess people say yes. Sure. Yeah. What do you think, Rob? I uh, I think it's a it's a very solid sort of English traditional beer in the. The food pairings that Bose recommends uh, oh, yeah. show that out. It uh, goes well with, apparently, lamb stew, okay. shepherd's pie, firm goat's cheese, warm corned beef with steamed root vegetables, gingerbread with applesauce, and shortbread, which all just seem quintessentially <laughs> British to me. <laughs> that makes sense. But it's all like winter meals too, right? It's yeah. Like Irish ale, isn't it? That's, that's true. <laughs> UK-ish. I, I conflate the two improperly. All right. 
<laughs> You're right. We're going to get some Irish. hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if people are that passionate about it. That listen to the podcast yeah. anyway. <laughs> so Venn diagram There's a there. caveat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's two circles. But um, yeah, if you make beer and you want it, <laughs> want four people to try it out on a podcast, uh, send us an email or send us some yeah. Yeah. beer. We haven't really reached out to anybody recently. Yeah. It worked like twice. Like twice someone sent us beer. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to ask if I should bring some because we oh, do no. it at home. <laughs> oh, you oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. I say we, but I mean my other half. So, yeah. so I can't. <laughs> what, what, what do you guys make? Do you have a specialty? Um, my favorite one is the... It's going to escape me right now. Mm-hmm. But it's... Um, it's it's a really light beer. We get it, all mm-hmm. of our stuff at a local beer store. That's so neat. Okay. So, cool. and yeah, if it comes to me, I'll let you know mm-hmm. what it is. Sure. But for right now, <laughs> I can't believe it's not coming to me. <laughs> and how much beer does it make in a batch? Like, is it uh, like a bathtub size? No, we have like um, <laughs> we have like a keg size okay. plastic. Cool. Um, drum or whatever yeah. you call it, yeah. and it makes several. Um, I cannot think of the words right now. Growlers? <laughs> Thank you. Oh, growlers. You know. yeah. The big growlers. And right. we have some uh, mini growlers. Sure. And, cool. But we've tried loggers and different oh, yeah. things. So, How long have you been doing it? Uh, last summer is when we started. Okay. And it's been made our trips to the beer store a lot less frequent. Yeah. No kidding. We actually prefer yeah. it to what we were buying. Yeah. Well, good for you. Well, That's I guess so you, can, you can tailor it to what you, you like. Yes, right? yeah, exactly. Cool. Mm-hmm. Mexican Cervantes. Is what it was called. Okay. Oh, cool. <laughs> there we go. So I uh, I like that a lot. Yeah. Uh, so over the past year, have you made a lot of uh, batches, or is it just you dabble here and there? Uh no, it's been a pretty, pretty frequent. Is that right? As Good? soon as yeah. we bottle it, it gets we make another batch. So that throughout the process, there's always something right. going cool. on. And so that means, I mean, you must enjoy it. <laughs> yes, yeah. Have you gone on this long? Was sort of absolutely Good for you. And wow. we say again, I but. Yeah, no. I I really enjoy the partaking the in the yeah. drinking of the, it. The oh, quality counts. control part. Absolutely. Yeah. And Absolutely. in all fairness, you're representing the household here. Exactly. <laughs> there yes. you go. I just don't want to be accused of taking credit right. for sure. maybe not the most effort put into the production. That's so. fair. No, I get that. Very cool. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, so Natalie is volunteer coordinator coordinator for camp quality can you tell us a bit about camp quality sure uh camp quality is a camp for children ages four five to 18 who have um who have cancer or who have had cancer during their lifetime uh and it's just a chance for them to get away from uh the struggles of their illness or um their days and come to camp and just have a regular week at camp mm-hmm. while still having the safety um, things that they need, such as the medical staff to make sure that all their medical needs are being met. Right. So yeah, it's a great camp for the kids to get away. And I think mm-hmm. for the volunteers, it's just such a rewarding experience as well. The way the camp's set up is every single camper has an adult companion who is set up as a buddy for them for the week. And you just hang out with your companion, and there's a bunch of activities planned for them. And uh, hopefully you have that bond experience as well, that mm-hmm. throughout the year you'll keep in touch with your campers and just give them that sort of big brother or big sister type relationship where they can have somebody that they can 
feel comfortable with, yeah. who's away from their family, and it's giving them an opportunity to enjoy life. Mm-hmm. So. And is that an Ottawa-based organization? No, the organization actually started in Australia, okay. um, oh. but has come to Canada and other uh, countries as well. There are several camp qualities across the country. Okay. Don't ask me the number because <laughs> I don't know. Several. But I'm sure you, if you wanted to check out the website, you'd be able to find out. There's, I know there's some out in Alberta. There's uh, a Southern Ontario one as well as Northern Ontario one. And uh, yeah, so it's a completely uh, not-for-profit organization and any money that is raised throughout the year through fundraising efforts is what funds the camp. So campers right. don't pay to come to camp. There's no out-of-pocket expenses for parents as far right. as the camp is concerned. Oh, that's great. Wow. And uh, so yeah, we really, really, really <laughs> need our volunteers and depend on our volunteers. If we didn't have our volunteers, then it would be impossible to run oh yeah so 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 where does the funding come from it's fundraising throughout the year um we're very fortunate starbucks has taken us on as one of their um charities i guess that they want to help out so they do actually during this next month they they do a lot of push in our area um for the fundraising and in their stores they'll sometimes they'll have like a silent auction or they have a donation box mm-hmm. or just different things i know some did a beer a beer bottle drive a few years ago and then they have a big celebration which is our annual bowlathon and in the morning they'll come as a team with their stores and compete against each other uh-huh. Cool. And then, yeah, so they, they really get into it. And a lot of our volunteers come from Starbucks because they've learned about the camp and things like that. Sure. And, and so, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's, there's a lot of fundraising that goes on. Right. And we have help from um, the Civitan clubs and oh, okay. uh, the Lions clubs and things like that there, where they'll give us donations as well. Really? And so, yeah. That's interesting. That's, that's a lot of fundraising. Yeah. And it's... <laughs> it's at least from my perspective, I don't see us having to do all that much to sure. do it. Like I think we've ha- we've built some good relationships with community partners who have helped to do that. That helps because our big, like I said, our big one fundraising thing is our bowlathon, right? And from that, we raise a certain amount, but I know it's not what covers the whole year. So, but we've always been able to cover the costs. That's so. great. How yeah. long has it been around yeah. in Ottawa? Yeah, it, uh, I think it's know. 15 years. Okay, that's great. I think last year we had a big reunion, and I can't <laughs> remember if it was 14 or 15. I'm okay. going to say 15 well, only because it seems... That's a round number that have an anniversary. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. 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 No, we have a 14th year anniversary. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so. Okay, that's cool. How long yeah. have you been associated with the camp? Uh, this is there? my fifth year. So I started out as a companion... Um, and I've had, I had two campers, uh, one the first year. She was a sibling. So the first year, the child with cancer, which we don't really like to refer to them as sure. that, but that's exactly what it is. When they come to camp, their siblings are also invited to come to camp. Oh, okay. And the reason for that is they've probably had a year where they haven't had the one-on-one attention because there's been a sick child in the house and right. that tends to be where the attention goes. Um, but the other reason too is mom and dad are probably exhausted from the 
card year. And this gives them a chance to have some time to build on, build their relationship back up and to take some time for themselves as well. So that first year, we invite the siblings to come along. We'd love to do it every year. It's just our camp has grown so much. And unfortunately, there are so many kids that are ill that we just don't have the capacity to be able to have sibling or the kids and their siblings come every year, but at least they get that one chance to come and have a week away. And again, they are paired up with a companion. So they have that one-on-one attention. They have that one-on-one bond bonding experience that they can have as well. And again, that relationship is also encouraged to continue after camp as well. Mm -hmm. Natalie, can you talk a bit about what, um, what led you towards uh, volunteering with Camp Quality and maybe also what, what has kept you volunteering with Camp Quality? Absolutely. So um, as a teacher, I get my summers off and I'm very fortunate mm-hmm. for that. Uh, <laughs> at the time when I was looking for a volunteer opportunity, I was finding the summers very long, which I know to Someone who doesn't have two months off in the summer, that sounds unbelievably difficult to understand, but I thrive on having sort of a schedule. Like, I'm so used to being driven by a bell, (laughs) but um, I was finding the summers long, so I thought, I just need some sort of volunteer, and I was at the time looking for something to do throughout the summer, Mm. like just a day here, a day there, and then I just overheard our director, Glenn Mooney, on the radio one night day advertising this and I'd always wanted to be a camp counselor but never had the chance to right so I thought this sounds like it's right up my alley and so I called Glenn up and they were still looking for volunteers and so I went my first year and within a day I was hooked and it's just it's the smiles on the kids faces it's the knowing that they've gone through such a difficult time Mm -hmm. and seeing them how happy they are how much they're enjoying their time and seeing that age range come together almost like a family. I know it sounds so cliche, but it's amazing to see that 18-year-olds, 17-year-olds are interacting with the six-year-olds in a way that is a friendly way. Like, it's not, yeah. I'm an older, I'm you're yeah. younger. It's just that everybody's friends, everybody's getting along, and everybody just wants to have fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side of it, seeing all the great volunteers that come out and knowing that there's so many good people in the world who want to help out and give their own time selflessly to what I feel is a very important cause. So mm-hmm. absolutely, that's that's really cool. <laughs> I guess uh, I'll, it, it seems like uh, I mean you probably wouldn't see that with every camp if you had that big of an age range. But the fact that they have this shared experience of, of having to go through treatment and therapy mm-hmm. and all this, uh, it probably makes it a lot easier for them to bond because they right away they have something to talk about. They know they have something huge in common something that is a big part of their lives yeah it's it's funny you say that because they do have that you never hear it talked about at camp you very rarely do you hear it talked about someone might notice a scar and they'll be like oh hey i've got the same scar see and they'll show it off but other than that you do not hear and which is great that's that's what you want right you don't want to hear about the disease you want them to be able to get away from it right and they do but it is like i i I don't know if it's just human nature that they are going to get along, but when I'm in a school system, you don't see that bonding between the older kids and the younger kids as much. You'll see it between like the oldest grade and the kindergartens getting together and they're happy to be there, but it's not for six days 
straight and everybody participating in the exact same right activities so sure yeah. Where uh, where is this held? So the camp is held at Providence Point, which is up in Lanark. Okay, yeah. So we uh, the companions and volunteers head out the night before camp starts, sort of to have a bonding experience of our own, just to get to know each other because it gets really busy as soon as the campers arrive. And um, so we usually try to help each other get out there if we can because. Yeah. We know that not everybody is able to drive out there themselves. So it, from the training day, which is held in July, you really see people working together and trying to help each other out to make this a success, the campus cool. success. So, mm-hmm. and, and could you speak to, to sort of the work that goes into recruiting these volunteers? Like, do you look for certain types of people or professions? Do you look for a certain number of people? Okay, so uh, I'll address the number first. Sure. So number is uh, it is dependent on the number of campers we have okay. because we want to make sure we have one-on-one pairing for the kids. So if we have 30 campers, we're going to have 30 companions matched up with those campers. Um, then we have what we call super companions, mm-hmm. which are, are companions who don't have any camper assigned to them. But they're the ones to spell off the companion for a little while. Like, I need a break here for a (laughs) minute. So they'll come take the camper. Or if a uh, companion is not that great at swimming or isn't comfortable in the water, well, then a super companion would come and take the swimmer or the camper swimming, things like that. So we have that extra staff to be able to support the companions because hanging out with a kid all day is can be very tiring. Yeah. Um so that that's our campers and companion or companions and super companions. Then we have our medical staff. So we have a doctor and we have had four nurses. Our numbers are going up, so we're looking at having five nurses this year. Great. Just to help with um not only just first aid, but then we have um the um disbursement of medications and things like that. So they hold on to every single medication that comes onto the property. So all volunteers hand in their medications and the campers all have to provide their medications. And then volunteers can just go and say, I need to take my medication now. They get it out. And sure. But for the kids, it's making sure they're getting the proper doses of what they need at the times they need it and ensuring that they're staying healthy because we don't want them getting sick. Of course. Yeah. Obviously. Mm-hmm. So... Um, the other type of volunteer we need are lifeguards. So we're, oh, are, we're along the Clyde River, I believe is what it's called. And so we need usually three to four, maybe five lifeguards. And they seem to be the trickiest things to get. I get that. Yeah. So, because a lot of times lifeguards, it's their busy t- summer, yeah. time yeah. in the summer and they're already working. So anyone with their NLS qualifications, we'd love to hear (laughs) from you. And uh, yeah, so those are all the volunteers that we need, the different types of volunteers we need. Um, What was your other questions? (laughs) Uh, I think you answered both uh, types of professions, uh, which sounds like medical and just any volunteers. Yeah. Is is there a particular age group that, that... our volunteers range, so they have to be 18 years of age when they apply. Okay. And I th- believe our oldest volunteer is in their 60s. Oh. Okay. So we have a wide range of ages yeah. of volunteers. Again, making it a rather unique 
yeah. situation. And I think it makes it all that much better because you have that, those different walks of life and things like that. Um, obviously teachers are great because we have our summers off. You're not yeah. being asked to give up vacation that vacation time that is so precious to everybody. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's anybody who's enthusiastic, likes to hang out with kids and, and is, uh, Hoping to put a smile on someone's face. That, that's amazing. Just to help out is we'd love to have them. Yeah, yeah. that makes so, a lot of sense. Yeah, very cool. Super. How about we go to our new segment? Yeah, we can do that. Uh, so we have a segment called Classic Ottawa, and it's just uh, about local news. Uh, so in the news recently, anyway. Um, Ottawa Blues Fest announced the return of Kanye West on Monday. Sparking minor backlash in an anti-Kanye Facebook group. When organizers offered Theory of a Dead Man as an alternative, people were suddenly okay with Kanye. (laughs) The government of Ontario is committing more than half a million dollars to eradicate homelessness. The plan is to buy cardboard boxes for each homeless person, which would technically resolve the issue, because that's all really half a million dollars will really get you. Yeah. Ottawa Mayor Jim Watson returned to the job this week after fracturing his pelvis in in February. We broke the story at the time that our mayor must have hurt himself while getting a little too friendly with the O-Train, which coincidentally broke down at the same time. (laughs) We still haven't received any evidence that disproves this theory, so what does that tell you? Your move, Watson. (laughs) And finally, City Councilor Rick Shirelli is under fire after calling for an early start of Sens Mile in Elgin, normally reserved for the playoffs. Since then, the Senators have lost several games and are no longer holding a playoff position. Superstitious fans are now calling for his removal from office, while his wife is just happy to hear that he's not just premature with her. Oh my God. <laughs> and that's the news. <laughs> Natalie, you're a hockey fan? <laughs> Dear goodness. <laughs> yeah. So that's something. Um, yeah. Do you watch hockey? Do you watch hockey? Uh, every once in a while. Yeah. Okay. We put the Suns game on and it's, mm-hmm. I don't watch a whole lot of TV, so sure. it's often in the background when I'm doing mm-hmm. prepping for work. Very cool. And work being uh, elementary school teacher? Yes, grade three. Grade three. Okay, mm-hmm. that's cool. So, how long have you been teaching? This is my 15th year. 15th year? Wow. Yes. As long as Camp Quality has been. Yes. Your first summer, you were looking for something to do. No, no, just five. Oh, she has I've only been there in five. That's brought you down to six. Sorry. We did it. I always drop. People have dropped me in radio. I never like go up. That's true, right? Natalie, can you talk about maybe what led you to teaching? Uh, sure. I like to be bossy, I guess is what you could say. Um, I think teaching has always been what I've wanted to do from mm-hmm. a very early age. I can remember the high school where I went to elementary school, the hi- or the town where I went to elementary school. The high school was being renovated, so they took out all their chalkboards and we're giving them away and my dad went and was like, sure, oh, cool. we'll take one of those big blackboards and That's I'll, cool. next thing you know, I was at the front of the school or front of the board. My sister and brother had to sit in the chairs and I was the <laughs> teacher and yeah. So I think it's been something that's, 
I've always wanted to do. So instead of playing house, you played classroom. <laughs> I played school. Oh, yeah. Nice. Good for you. Yeah. And Which kids play a lot. You see a lot of they do, classes, absolutely. Especially at school. And I think uh. my sister would say the bossy comment is absolutely true. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so yeah. that's cool. Um, so what happened since then? You, you pursued your degree. I have, yes. I, um, did you always know you wanted to do elementary school? I did. Okay. I always thought I wanted to be a grade six teacher. Grade I was six? Mm hell-bent, if I can say that, on being a grade six teacher. Did one year of it and then went to kindergarten. Okay. <laughs> you know, I've heard that before. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about it, eh? Yeah. yeah. Tricky. So, and I spent nine years in kindergarten, loved every second of it. Oh, yeah. And then just as I got older, the kids got younger and younger for some reason. <laughs> and so now I found my niche in grade three and I, uh, they're fun. They're really, it's nice to be able to have a conversation with them and hear their ideas and not just be singing the songs and right, okay. yeah. counting to 10. So <laughs> right. how, do, how do grade threes differ from grade sixes? They still like their teacher. They oh, still like a school a little bit. <laughs> sure. um, they are, they're, they still want to please their teacher a little bit. Whereas by grade six, they are all into the social side of things and uh, puberty yeah. and they've started to recognize that they have crushes on people and yeah. <laughs> that seems to take over things in grade six. Grade six was great till about April. Okay. And then from then on they were, <laughs> it was a struggle. So that makes right. sense. Yeah. It's a long couple of months. <laughs> it is. Yes. <laughs> and have you always taught in Ottawa or around Ottawa? No, I started my teaching career in Toronto. So I mm. taught in Toronto for two years doing core French and, uh, Coming from Halifax, Toronto was a big change for me, yeah, right, yeah. a very, very big change. And where I was working, it was an even bigger change. <laughs> Just uh, the clientele had definitely seen a lot more than I had ever seen. And after two years, it was leave Toronto or leave teaching. So having oh, been wow. wanting to be a teacher my whole life, I thought I'd better leave Toronto. And I thought my plan was to stay in Ontario mainly because my best friend is up in Timmins and I wanted to be close to see her regularly, but still be able to get home to Halifax. Mm -hmm. So Ottawa has all the green space. It has the river, not quite the ocean, but <laughs> yeah. it's water. Yes. And so to me, it, and there's a lot of Maritimers here, so it feels a lot more like home. Okay. Well, it is home now, yeah. but it reminds me a lot of the East Coast in Halifax. So Interesting. Yeah. What was the process like? Because I've heard... Now it's extremely difficult to change school boards. Was it the case back then as well, or was it a little easier? Um, back then, and because I was willing to give up my job yeah. and move, I didn't really worry about it. I harassed the poor man at the board office oh, okay. <laughs> uh, daily to find out when the job postings were going to be up. Um, at that time, it was still posted through the board. Now they have, uh, most boards have gone to apply to teach. So it's a website where they put all their jobs and you have to be a part of that website. Right. And you apply for your jobs through that. Um, so there wouldn't be the harassment, I guess. Maybe sure. I started that website. Because yeah, yeah. I, I really did harass the poor yeah. guy. Okay. But it got me a job. <laughs> so. That's cool. So you didn't, like, my, my, uh, my fiance is a teacher as well. Yeah. And she's just, I think she's in her third full year of teaching now. And she's, she's scared to start over at the bottom of the totem pole. Like, she's just slowly starting to yeah. climb her way up in seniority. 
So the, the, the thought of starting over in a different board is kind of really daunting to her. And I understand that. Yeah. I teach out in Kempville, so I'm part of the Upper Canada okay. School Board. Okay. Oh. But I live in Ottawa. Right. <laughs> so for me to make that jump, I would be giving up. 12 years yeah. seniority with the board or 13 years right, seniority right. with the board and I'm not willing to do that. Mm-hmm. So I have a half hour commute each way right. to look forward to for the next yeah. 15 years. Yeah. <laughs> that seems crazy to me. Yeah. But yeah, okay. Well, why is that? I, I never understood that. Uh, because you're being employed by a different employer, yeah. basically. Yes, yes, the government and the Ministry of Education, we work for them. Right. But because it's different employers or different like, systems, every school yeah. board is a different employer I guess you could say I get that that's interesting yeah okay. so I don't lose if I was to change I wouldn't use lose my years of seniority for the pay scale or anything like that it would just be the secureness of my job oh yeah. I didn't know that no oh. so so basically your salary is based on um, a grid that's determined by Years teaching in Ontario. The government. Yeah, the ministry and the government. And then other things are negotiated between your boards. Right. Right. Okay. So. Interesting. Hmm. At least I think that is if I'm wrong, you know, I'm sorry. (laughs) I've heard the same thing. It's it's things like uh, if if there are excess teachers at a given school and you're last on the list having signed up with that school board, then you'd be out of a job. You'd be out of that job. At a school, it's within that school. Right. But you're not necessarily out of a job. So I could have my 12 years experience at the school, but be the youngest person or the least senior staff member. And if we lose a teacher, then I'm gone. Even if I've got 15, that doesn't mean I'm I'm without a job. It means they have to place me in a school within 40 kilometers (laughs) of my home school. Yes. So, oh, so, but then that also means I could be going into the school next door and, oh yeah, you've got less seniority than me. Ha <laughs> ha. Bye bye. Right. Yeah. And so there's that bumping. It's, mm-hmm. yeah. it's all those. It's like musical chairs. Every yeah. Year. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really hard because you build a relationship with the families at the school. You build a relationship with your staff members yeah. and we come April, it gets to be that time where everybody starts thinking, oh, we're going to get to this, this, it's the staffing timelines and staffing things and that's where we have to start worrying about oh I know there's certain people on staff who are like I really don't want to go but I know I'm going to be I'm the first one to go so it's a stress on people at this time of year yeah sorry every year people like there's a risk of this happening absolutely really I I, I didn't realize it happened that often yeah well at schools the number of teachers you have is based on your enrollment yes so if your enrollment goes down, you don't need as many teachers. Okay. So it's the people at the bottom who are cut off. But does yeah. it really, so it fluctuates that much? It Is can. That right? That's interesting. I had no idea. It can. Yeah. Wow. So, that's, or maybe there's somebody who's been on like secondment at the board office or something and they've decided to move right. back into the school. Right. Yeah. So their job has been saved and therefore you right. need to move. Yeah. There's always some kind of movement. Yeah. That's yeah. Okay. Kevin Kennedy was talking about that when he was on our show. Yes. I think he got surplused at a school he was at. Oh, he was he talking did about that. how devastating it was. Yeah. He was really, uh, really upset. Right. Because you build a connection. Yeah. And he, he, he was managing either teams or clubs. Yeah, or especially when yeah. you get to high school when they have like all these after school stuff that, that he does with the drama and the yeah. gym. And I think with the high school, you 
you get more of a relationship with the kids. Right, yeah. More of a meaningful relationship, I guess you could say, because you're, it's their responsibility. You're teaching their, them the responsibility. It's not calling mom and dad to say, Johnny didn't do his homework last night. Right. Can you get on him? Right. Yeah. It's, it's Johnny, you didn't do your homework. Yeah. Like, yeah. what's up, man? Like, this isn't cool yeah. sort of thing, right? So they're building that relationship with the kids, and there's more that direct relationship, whereas we tend to, as in elementary, go to the parents and say, I'm noticing this as an issue or things like that. Yeah, that makes sense. Kevin awesome. Kennedy, another camp quality volunteer. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We've oh, had Kevin Kennedy, Chris Bailey, yep. Becca, Becca Crab. Yep. Yourself? Me. Yourself. There you go. <laughs> and but, now Natalie. Yeah, lots of interesting people. Yeah, apparently at, at Camp Quality. Yeah, there we yeah. go. It's so fun. volunteers. The place to be. <laughs> That's it. The place to be. So, I mean, obviously, you're interested in getting people to volunteer. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of stuff can people expect to experience as volunteers if they if they sign up? Okay, so do you want me to start from the very beginning of the process? Well, it, it, you can maybe, but. I was more thinking about actual experiences in the at the, in camp? the camp. Yeah. Okay, so at the camp, um, what, we have a fantastic program team, Kim and Kelly, who plan out the week for us and provide us with a schedule as to what's going on, and that'll happen at training. So we have a training day in July where we meet and have all this train our volunteers as to what's expected, and then so you'll come up to camp. We usually invite you. Uh, companions and volunteers up the night before camp starts so that they get a chance to bond with each other, get to know who they're sharing a cabin with and uh, get things set up and sort of explore the grounds themselves rather than showing up with a eight year old and having to figure things yeah, out. Kidding. Um, so then, so that's usually the Friday night, Saturday, we have breakfast together, a few more training things. Then we board a bus and we head into town to pick up the kids so the kids aren't dropped off by their parents we have a meeting place in town where we all meet and we get the kids there they say goodbye to mom and dad in the parking lot we all board the bus and back we go and then it's a week of fun that's setting up the camp and giving the tour of the grounds to your camper and then there's arts and crafts um every afternoon we usually have a performance or a special event We've had um, magicians come in or uh, black rock climbers, which bring in climbing walls okay. and uh, jousting blow up <laughs> things and things like that. <laughs> That's fun. So, yeah, the kids have a good time, especially if they get to beat on their companion <laughs> with those big sure. uh, lances or whatever you'd call them. And then um, there's always swimming twice during the day and then um in the evenings we'll also have a special event so um we do a movie night one night and there's just a bunch of different things that you can do and really it's hanging out with your camper is what's what we want to see so if your camper doesn't want to do that activity well what is it that they want to do right and so it's just a week to chill out relax it's like going to the cottage for a week yeah you just have to hang out with Right. A camper. (laughs) So your meals are prepared for you. You don't have to worry about, there's nothing to spend money on. So you're saving money. Right. Yeah. uh, Fresh air. Yeah, it's fresh air. And hopefully it's sunny (laughs) and warm. Of course. So. Cool. Cool. mm -hmm. It seems like, I mean, Keegan, I think you can attest to that. It seems like you also get to make 
like connections that are going to last longer than just this one week. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So you're making connections with the other volunteers, but as well with the kids as well. So, um, of course. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and it all depends on the family. I find at the end of camp, how much of a relationship you keep with them, especially if they're younger kids. So, a lot of times families are more private and maybe don't want that relationship to continue. And you have to respect what the families sure. want. Of course. But then as the kids are getting older, I don't know if you could attest to this because your camper was a bit older. Yeah. But it's easier, I would think, to keep in touch with them because you're having that communication with them rather than trying to plan through the families mm-hmm. and yeah. stuff. Yeah, for sure. My camper and I, we go, we go uh, yeah, it's, it's fun finding common ground with people who are younger than you it makes you feel yeah. young in turn <laughs> so we found we both love burgers oh perfect so we, we go to the works every every month or so that's Excellent. awesome oh wow yeah. that's great burgers and shawarma those are our two things <laughs> well, awesome. mostly food yeah. but yeah it's uh, <laughs> and it's it's nice to have that i'm looking forward to to going back to camp and, right. and hanging out and and really, you're just, you, we want you to be a good role model for them, right? Yeah. And right. No, not burgers all the time. No. <laughs> oh, I <don't> <laughs> we have salad, too. We have salad days. I didn't mean it like that. I so didn't mean it like that. I'm so sorry. Oh, that was the best. No, I'm just joking. No, I, I, no not at all. <laughs> so, yes, we, we encourage you to be good role models as far sure. as show yeah. the act of living. Or a lot of times the kids might... Have, because the year has been so hard, they their self-esteem may have been affected or things like that. So we really hope that our volunteers can give them the guidance that they need or the support that they need to overcome their struggles and things like that that right. they've dealt with. So Yes, for sure. Yeah, it seems like everyone that we've talked to has not only spoken very highly of the camp, but is going back, like, is right. definitely going back next year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's what we love to hear. Yeah, uh, when, when do people have to sign up if they want to be a volunteer, by the way? As soon as possible. Okay. But so is there a deadline or is it? There technically is a deadline. So the de- they say the deadline is May 31st. I have yet to see a year where we've had enough volunteers by that point. Ah. Uh, the earlier you apply... The earlier you can set in motion your vulnerable sector police check, which is really oh, the yeah. thing that seems to hold people up. is right. uh, As we get closer to the summer, there's more and more people who are looking for volunteer opportunities requiring these um, police checks being done. Mm-hmm. And the police can only handle so much at a time. Oh, so sorry. a lot of times it gets to be backed up. Sorry. And um, it can take up to a month, two months to get it done. Oh. So that's why. Start early. Start early. And so (laughs) if you, if I get your application, as soon as I get your application, before you're interviewed, before anything, I just send you that letter. So there's a letter because we're a nonprofit organization. You take that letter in and say, I need a vulnerable sector check and they will do it for you for free. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Because it's normally like so $100. Get right? the letter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so they're cute. usually, I think, $35 to $40, unless you need the express one, which is $80 that's, sorry, to 100 that's because yeah. you need it immediately. Yeah, and that makes so, sense. Okay, that makes sense. So apply now. Okay. Get your letter. That's the key. And then should something happen that you can't come, well, it's too, it's not like, let me know, obviously. Sure. Right. But at least we've gotten 
sort of through those hoops. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, and did I miss? Did we? Did you say which week? It's one week, right? I'm it sorry. is one which week. week is it? So it's it's always the Saturday after the long weekend in August. So this okay. year is August eighth or ninth. Okay. I was looking at the calendar right. today. I can't remember, but <laughs> sure. whatever that Saturday is after the long weekend in August is when camp starts and it okay. goes to the following Friday. Okay, that's cool. So if you are available to take a week off in August and able to get a police records check mm-hmm. and like hanging out with kids. Yeah. And can do it. training in July, one oh, Saturday yeah. in July. One Saturday in July. Yeah. yeah. And then and, uh, you should apply. We would love to have your application. There you go. How about we do a speed round? Yeah, let's like do speed that. Rounds. Uh, just, yeah, the 8th is Saturday. August yes. 8th. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Speed round is our segment where we grill our guest with questions. Serious questions, not so serious questions. Mostly not serious, let's be honest. Questions about shirts. I like, <laughs> I like asking about shirts, but they, we got complaints. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, when you're All ready, right. Rob. So, so we'll do two, a two-minute two speed, speed round. Okay. What is your favorite flavor of ice cream? A mint chocolate chip. Nice. Uh, what's your go-to travel destination? I'm going to have to say Newfoundland because I'm planning a trip right now. <laughs> cool. nice. uh, last Ottawa restaurant you ate at? Last Ottawa restaurant? Uh, Moonlight Faux in Canada. Mm, okay. Uh, how much on a scale from one to 10 are you looking forward to this warmer weather? Uh, about a 10. Okay. <laughs> uh, which of us do you think has the nicest nose? You do. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's the next car you want to buy? Oh, next car. Well, I just within the last year bought a Volkswagen Jetta. So, oh, cool. I'm going to say, how about we say the Volkswagen Jetta wagon style so that oh, I can nice. lots of room. Oh, I like that. have lots of room. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's the sort of, where would you like to travel next? If you had anywhere in the world, like a dream destination. Okay. So aside from Newfoundland, where I'm going, uh, Ireland or Greece. Okay. Oh, cool. I've been to Ireland. I love Ireland, but so probably Greece. Okay. okay. How do you feel about lasers? Amon <laughs> <laughs> uh, had laser surgery today. Oh, okay. oh <laughs> that's that's fantastic. All right. <laughs> laser sur- eye surgery, I think, is great. Laser surgery. You see, you got to give me some context yeah, here. Yeah. Laser eye awesome. surgery, I think, is fantastic. Um, I'm all for the advances in medicine. Sure. Uh, lasers that you can put in people's eye and cause damage, not so cool with. I have two of those. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who are you looking forward to seeing at Blues Fest, if anyone? You yeah, I'm not a big musician Me neither. person. I don't so like Blues Fest. I, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, that's fine. That's all people talk about in the summer is Blues Fest. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. And, and I can never relate to it either. Once I worked at Blues Fest, but not for Blues Fest, and I, it, it, I felt so sleazy doing this, but I worked for a marketing company that. You know when you go to like Sens games or other events, there are people with all this swag about the event, but you need to sign up for a credit card. Yeah. I was the jerk giving Dude, away the credit cards. <laughs> and like, 
I mean, I I feel like I'm pretty well versed in terms of personal finances, and I know that all these people might not understand the implications of signing for a credit card, especially if you get declined, right? Because mm-hmm. that that puts a flag on your on your your account your, or your report, your credit yeah. report, mm-hmm. and uh, all all that because somebody wanted an umbrella or a Blues Fest blanket. It, it, you, <laughs> you don't you don't feel good, but I got paid for being at Blues Fest. I, I saw Sticks, I saw Kiss, I saw. Buster Rhymes of all people. Okay. He was forty five minutes late. <laughs> but overall, I think that's the only time I'd been to Blues Fest, and I'm like, you know, I'm I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I when I started my volunteering search yeah. a few years ago, I thought, well, I could try Blues Fest. Sure. And the emails that I got from them saying about making sure I showed up for my shifts or I would lose this and. The tone of them, I decided, but even before it started, I don't need a, to be a part of this organization. Uh, wow. So yeah, not to slam them. Like, yeah. I know they get a lot of volunteers, but yeah. it really turned me off, the whole thing. That's interesting. I was wanting to give my time, and yeah. I felt like I was being treated like a right. a four-year-old. That's, that's and, interesting. Wow. Yeah. And I think part of that is is that they give, like, tickets away, right, to yeah. the best volunteers. And so it. I think they may they may get a lot of people who... Aren't really there for the volunteerism, yeah. right? Yeah. Absolutely, and I can yeah, understand that. But for those of us who aren't there, it's yeah, really it quite insulting. Of, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's an interesting approach. That's, yeah. that's cool. Um, so, if people want to help out with camp quality, yep. obviously they can volunteer if they meet those criteria. Criteria. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's plural. That's plural. Yep. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, how else can people help? Maybe if they don't, if they don't meet something. One of those. Okay, so if they're not able to donate their time, uh, like I think I've said, I, we're completely nonprofit, so yeah. everything is based on fundraising and funds. So they can donate money to the camp. Uh, all the money that we get, we put into the camp. So um, all of our local volunteers, from our director down, uh, are non-paid. I think there's a few at the head office. And when I say a few, I think three people are paid, maybe four. That's nationally. For the national office. And that's run out of there. So everything else goes into the camp. So I know a lot of people, when they're donating money, are very concerned as to how much is going to admin (laughs) and how much is going to uh, the camp. Mm -hmm. And I cannot give you the exact percentage but it is most of the money. Right. And it's sure. definitely something that we talk about uh, in our uh, organizing committee meetings is making sure that that money is going back to the kids, going back to the camp mm-hmm. to make sure that they get their, um, they get the experience that they can. So um, fundraising or donating money would be the next best thing. Okay. Um, because like I said, the campers don't pay for camp. Right. Right. And so right. anything that any money we have goes directly to making sure that they have a fun week at camp. So yeah. And people right. can donate online. They, probably. There is a, an online way to donate. Absolutely. Okay. Or if they want to get in touch with me, I can always make sure the donations right. get brought to our mm-hmm. meetings and then submitted to the finance. Yeah. Okay, super. And you were saying yeah. even Starbucks? I, I saw a Dropbox at yes. Starbucks the other day. Yeah. The other day. So they are doing, I believe it's a month-long campaign where they're raising funds for the camp. Oh, okay. So some Starbucks are putting, um, they'll have one of those, um, you know, when you buy a large quantity of coffee to take to a meeting yeah. or something, oh, yeah. you've got like that case. carry case. Yeah. Yeah. So they use those carry cases to 
and they just put donate money to Camp oh, wow. Quality on that. Oh. So you can do that there as well. Cool. So, yeah. Well so lots of ways to help and, out. Right. There's also, you mentioned there are a couple of fundraisers coming up. Yeah, well. so we have a fundraiser at um, Absolute Comedy, which is actually being run by one of our Starbucks um, locations. Uh, that is on April 14th. To get tickets, we need to contact Emma Turner, but if people contact me, I can put them in contact with Emma. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. And, um, and then our other one is our annual Bolathon, which is happening on... Uh, April 18th. It's a Saturday at Walkley Bowling and um, Starbucks is there in the morning, but we're there then from 12 until about 2.30. And if people want to raise funds and bring a team bowling, they just need to get in contact with us again through the camp so they can email me and I can make sure we can get them a lane booked. And and uh, yeah, so we can raise money that way. And we do have an online um, fundraising uh, website that we go to where you can sign yourself up and then ask your friends, set a goal and ask your friends to donate th- that way as well. Okay. That's great. Very so. cool. Yeah. All right. Well, that is, sounds like a good place to uh, to stop. With yeah. Can I just say the course, yeah. camp website? Because yeah, I don't think yeah. I have. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. So if you want to apply for camp um, or learn more about camp quality and the awesomeness that it is, you'd go to www.campquality.org. And you, there's tabs there for volunteering or how you can help out. And then yeah. also to find out the history of camp as well and see all the different locations that are across Canada. Right. And people are looking for Eastern Ontario. Yes. Friends. So we work for the Eastern Ontario camp and uh, that's where we hope to have you volunteering. So. We'll, we'll link that on our website yeah. as well. Absolutely. Yeah, and right. then, uh, and if they have more questions, again, you'll put my email. Yeah. Did up. you want to say your email? Sure. It's natalie.stewart at campquality.com. No H in Natalie. .org. Oh. Yes. <laughs> yes. No H in Natalie. And okay. Stuart is S-T-E-W-A-R-T. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. All right. Dot .org. Yes. <laughs> there I'm going to have to check that to make sure. Well, Keith <laughs> makes that mistake every time. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> because our, what do you think our website is? If you had to guess what the Ottawa podcast, an Ottawa-based podcast, what do you think our website would be? <laughs> What kind of question is that? But go ahead. I'm going to say .ca since you're Canadian. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I say it like every third time it's, I'll say Ottawa.ca. It's .com. And it is it's .com. It's .com. for yeah. some reason. Yeah. A lot of things are. So yeah. that's, that's how that is. But that's a good segue into our plug. That's where you can find us. Ottawa.podcast.com. Yeah. And uh, we're on Facebook and Twitter. Stitcher Radio and iTunes. Yeah. So listen rate us i think that helps if you rate us on itunes it definitely does yeah we need a few to get the, the base going i guess yeah, yeah. yeah. we're yeah. sponsored by audible podcast oh no not audible podcast audible stop talking rob <laughs> what about what's audible <laughs> we're down to five now. Yeah. <laughs> we're getting to that 2.5 there you go <laughs> keegan tried to throw this in at the end of last week and it made me realize we should never let him do that no, no. <laughs> So uh, the episode is brought to you in part by Audible.com. Uh, you can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day trial uh, by going to our link, which is audible.audawattpodcast.com. Uh, and they have over 150,000 titles to choose from, uh, and they're apps you can get for Android, uh, iPhone, or tablets. Yeah. Read a book without reading a book. Yeah. If have someone read a book to you. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's everybody's dream. <laughs> um, okay, I think that covers everything. Mm-hmm. It does. Uh, to finish the podcast, Natalie, would you do us the honors of saying Ottawa in any style that you like? And then we'll cut it right after. 
Okay. You've got me so nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Out of what?